Welcome to the Unstoppable Entrepreneur Show, 20 minutes or less of power-packed strategy to disrupt your thinking, elevate your mindset, and help you scale your sales online. I'm Kelly Roach, former NFL cheerleader and Fortune 500 executive turned eight-figure entrepreneur. Let's go. Welcome back. This is the Unstoppable Entrepreneur Show, and I have with me today the amazing Rachel Cook. Rachel, how are you? Thanks for joining me on the show today. I'm good. Thank you so much for having me, Kelly. I am so happy to have you here, and we are going to talk about a topic that is relevant to our entire audience today. Rachel really helps entrepreneurs escape the trap of property by helping them to understand where to focus their productivity and to keep them out of those traps that keep entrepreneurs stuck. And we all need these reminders to get out of our own way. So, Rachel, I would love for you to start by telling a little bit about your story, your business, give a little bit of background so people can get to know who you are. And then we'll dig into some tips and strategies that are going to help our listeners. Perfect. So I started my career um, as a small business consultant. I went straight from my MBA program into the consulting world, which is kind of the typical MBA path, right? And in the process, I managed to get myself completely burned out. The typical consulting world is you start, um, they basically grind you to death, 80 to 100 hour weeks. You're never home. You're living out of your car or you're constantly going everywhere. And I realized that wasn't what I wanted to do. What happened though was when I took a leave of absence because my burnout was so bad, I ended up on a yoga mat and became great friends with my yoga teacher who said, Rachel, I need help with my small business. Do you think you could help me? And it was a light bulb moment for me because up until that point, I had been working with small businesses in that they were under like 200 employees, but they were actually quite large. Like they were multi-million dollar companies and they had access to consulting companies. Solo owner operated businesses did not in the late, you know, 2008, 2009, 2010, they didn't have access to consultants with my type of background. So that was my light bulb moment that, oh, I can help these entrepreneurs who are running businesses I really care about that I really believe in and help them become more profitable. At the same time, um, I started my family I launched my business and six months later found out I was pregnant with twins. So I quickly had to kind of find alignment yes. between the ease I needed as a brand new mom of newborn twins and the ambition I have, which is to make a huge impact in the world. Yes. So fast forward all of this time, um, since 2008, I've only worked 25 hours a week consistently. And as I've shared more of that story, I've heard from more and more women entrepreneurs who are saying, I'm working 60, 80 hours a week. I'm still not making enough money. So I'm struggling with the entrepreneurial poverty of not enough revenue, the entrepreneurial poverty of not enough energy to do the things I really want to do, and the entrepreneurial poverty of not enough time. I feel like I'm always playing catch up and I'm never actually getting ahead in my business. So I started teaching all the women entrepreneurs I was working with, how they could not only set up their business to be more profitable, but do it in a way that allowed them to actually enjoy the rest of their life and not feel like they were waiting until retirement to enjoy it. I want us to all be able to enjoy it right now. Yes. And I love that you brought that up, Rachel, because I think that's one of, I think the concept of retirement is like, the worst. 
Like the absolute worst. Like let's wait until we're sick enough and tired enough and old enough that we can't actually do anything fun. And at that point, you'll get to live a great life because you worked your whole life until the point where you could retire. So I am so happy to be talking about this because one of the things that I am really passionate about is encouraging entrepreneurs to take ownership of their life and their business in such a way that they're not chasing retirement. They're creating a life that they love, that they want to live right now. And you are the perfect person to have on the show today to break this down for people. So let's talk a little bit, Rachel, about pros and cons. And what I mean by that is, first, let's talk about some of the things that you proactively did and do in your business to maintain your 25 hour a week work week and that you teach others to do that allow you to do that. And then on the flip side, we'll talk about the cons, the things that steal the the energy, that steal the time, you know, that prevent that. Um, so let's let's talk first about those strategies that have really empowered that 25 hour work week for you. Yeah. So the, one of the most important things, if you are going to have such a tight time frame that you're going to be working is you have to really get laser focused on where you're investing that 25 hours. So I use what I call a model calendar and it's essentially time blocking. A lot of people know what time blocking is, but it's a calendar that I've created for myself where I block out specific things that I'm going to tackle on specific days of the week. And the reason I love this approach is that it gives just enough structure to make sure that I'm not dropping the ball on any of the important things in my business, but it also gives me some flexibility where I need it. So in my business, Mondays are my CEO day. That means it's my day where I'm sitting down. I'm spending time with myself, the CEO of my business to check in on my business, review my numbers, review the metrics, check in on our projects and how things are going. We have all of our team meetings on Mondays. And this is also the time when I do my own creative strategic thinking. So if there's something I'm working on, I know every Monday I have time to work on the big picture for my business. Then I have um, either a client week or a content week, depending on what week it is. I alternate these. So for me, most of my clients work with me in a group capacity. I have very few people who are working with me one-on-one, but on client weeks, I'll have a few calls on Tuesdays and then Thursdays are the group. If it's a content week, then I'm doing my own podcast recording, creating content for my community and my group, or I'm doing interviews and talking to other communities, which is one of my biggest marketing strategies. So having that alternating either a client-focused week or a content-focused week really helps me stay in the zone of doing the things that move the needle for my business. So I I love that. And and so one of the things that that I teach a lot about is breaking your calendar down and rebuilding it each quarter. And what you're talking about here, Rachel, is so powerful. And I think so many times people pay attention to productivity practices when they're newer entrepreneurs and they think that they outgrow them. I believe that actually it becomes a thousand times more important as you build and grow your business that you're constantly going back through these exercises that you just talked about and asking yourself, especially I found for myself, like I right now I have one day a week that's dedicated to strategy in the business where I don't take calls similar to your CEO day. And I've gotten to the point now where I don't even feel like that's enough. I feel like I need two to three days a week for strategy and really thinking, creative thinking, you know, high level, you know, vision. 
But I, I think we forget the power that we have. Like you, you just said, you have one week that's content, one week that's client. I think so many entrepreneurs are like, well, I have to be on the phone with my clients every day. Well, I have to be on the phone with my clients every week. Well, I have to do this every single day. And it's like, no, no, it's your business. You need to decide how are you going to be available to do those things, right? And so I think what you're talking about here is so important. It doesn't matter what level or what age your business is, because I think a lot of the traps that steal the joy in entrepreneurs' businesses as they grow is they just allow the business to swallow everything. It's like, and, and it's everything's yes, 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 I have to, I have to, I have to, instead of I'm available from this time to this time, you know? This, this week is my content week. I won't be taking client calls. Next week is my client week. I won't be doing content. I love that. Yeah. And as your business grows, I find something that we often don't do is reevaluate our role as the CEO of our business. Sure. Because being the CEO, that is a job. There's a job description for it. Yeah. And there's a big difference between being the CEO of a company of one where you're the chief everything officer and being the CEO of a company that now has a team of five or 10 or 20 people. And what I also encourage people to do is not only evaluate your model calendar, but evaluate your job description. So I often give my clients the instruction that anytime they're hiring for their team and it's taking something off their plate, they need to rewrite their job description now. And what that allows them to do is to see really clearly where should they be spending their time and energy. As a CEO, if they're focused on $10 an hour tasks, then they're not moving their business forward. They need to spend more of their time on the marketing and sales and visibility and business development related tasks. But usually what happens is We just start hiring team and then we consistently get in the way of that team because we never actually let go of those lower value tasks. We continuously become the bottleneck and don't allow the team to take over and make the impact they can make in our business. It's so true. It's so true. The bottlenecks usually always come back to us. And it's interesting what you're saying, because I think that even when I'm coaching seven or multiple seven figure CEOs, they still have the same problem, right? And I I really like the idea what you just shared there, Rachel, of writing your job description. So I even find with the seven figure CEOs that I'm coaching that this is equally important as it relates to the reinvention of the calendar and the job description like you talked about. I had a client that said to me the other day, I'm bored, I wanna get off camera, I'm not enjoying doing this anymore, blah, blah, blah. And I said, change it. That's the whole point of being an entrepreneur, of being the CEO of your business and your life is being empowered to change it. I think our problem is, is that we get into habits and routines and we just keep doing what we're doing. And I think a lot of times entrepreneurs keep adding and adding and adding. And I always say when you add something, something else has to go. Right. If you're putting something new on, something else has to go. And I think that the reminders that you're giving here are just so powerful. And it doesn't matter what level you're at, because I think what happens is we as entrepreneurs get so comfortable in our role of what we do in the business that we almost have a blind spot to even identifying all the things that we are doing that other people can do better than us. And I know we, you know, we obviously agree and talk about the fact that like in the beginning stages of entrepreneurship, the biggest problem is that, you know, entrepreneurs try to be everything and do everything and they're wearing all the hats. 
I see that same problem at the higher levels. It just looks a little different. It's like, no, someone couldn't possibly be a facilitator in my program for me. No, someone possibly couldn't lead my sales team for me or lead my marketing team or whatever the case. So I think everything you're saying here, Rachel, is so, so powerful at any level, right? So you talked about the, the calendar. You talked about the boundaries of the work week. You talked about the job description. These are three like super powerful things. You have maybe like one more pro con, you know, yeah. that you want to share. And then we'll talk about the flip side of where people get stuck. Perfect. Well, I think one thing that specifically impacts women entrepreneurs and small business owners, and I see this by far impacting women more than men, is that we hear from our business communities that we need to get support on the team. We need to hire an assistant. Then we need to hire people behind the scenes and get operation down in and then marketing doubt in, we start to understand that we should have help in the business. But where I often still see women who are running very successful businesses struggle is they don't apply that same amount of support system to their life. And this is something that it might sound, I don't know, I've had some people say, well, doesn't that make me like selfish to have someone come in and help me run my house or someone that's prepping meals for me or someone that is driving my kids to swim team and tennis and soccer. But there comes a point where we have to recognize we can't do all the things and perform at the level that many of us really want to perform at. And so where I start to see women really get depleted, especially with their energy that um, entrepreneurial poverty of energy as well is important is that they might have a great team helping out on the business side of things, but they actually don't get time to take care of themselves because they get home and there's this whole other job waiting for them and they haven't asked for help or they haven't hired help. And that is something that I wish more women would talk about. I just find that when I get in rooms with other entrepreneurs like myself and like you, then the conversations come out that, oh, I actually have a house manager or I have the laundry is, you know, outsourced and somebody comes, picks it up, washes it, folds it, brings it back. But we don't hear about those things enough. And I think we need to highlight that for women because we need to show that it's okay to outsource those kind of daily grind activities that don't actually add to our life. They don't add to our relationships. They don't add to our family. They just take up more of our bandwidth. And when we deplete that bandwidth, then we can't be a hundred percent present for our families. And then when, by the time we get to business, we're depleted and we can't be a hundred percent there for our business either. Yeah, no, I love that so much. I learned that so long ago and I have, I've had that support at home for a really long time, but I think the, I think there's like this huge mindset block that women have that they think that they're not serving their family if they don't scrub the toilets, wash the clothes, do the dishes. And I'm like, No, actually what you're doing is you're stealing the time that you could be spending with your family and you're choosing to do dishes instead. You're choosing to cook instead. You're you're choosing to clean instead. And so I think there's this mindset shift that has to happen where it's like, what is quality time with your family to you? Mm -hmm. And really being honest about does scrubbing the toilet equate to serving your family? Or is scrubbing the toilet something that you can get help with? 
so that you actually can spend time with your family, right? Those are two different things. And I think yeah. there's still there's still some mindset evolution, especially for women in that space of understanding that is not selfish. That is the only way that you're going to be able to do all of the 18 jobs that you have, right? And do them well. And you have to prioritize what matters most to you and what is actually going to facilitate a great relationship with you, your children, your spouse, all of those things. Absolutely. And I find for myself, I mean, I'll just give a very concrete example for everyone. My family loves to be outside. We love hiking. We love going out and we live really close to the mountains here. So I would much rather spend Saturdays with my family going, driving out, going on a beautiful hike, getting to be in nature and know that when I come home, the house is clean, the dishwasher's been run, the lawn has been cut and I didn't have to do any of that. Instead, I could actually spend time building the relationship with my kids. Yeah, that's it. I mean, that's what you get back. Yeah, yeah, no, couldn't, couldn't agree more. These are all such good things. And so it's just food for thought for everyone is like, where is it time to let go? Mm -hmm. You know, where is it time to allow, receive, right? Sometimes we, we want more abundance in our lives, but we're not totally open to receiving and receiving can be asking for help and then allowing that help to come into our lives at whatever level is available to us and accessible to us. So I think these are such great points. In our couple of minutes left, Rachel, I would love for you to share um, just the biggest traps that you see people fall into that you want to just give a quick reminder to be aware of and to stay away from. I think the biggest trap, I mean, I'm not even one of the biggest trap is the fear of setting boundaries, the fear of saying this is what I'm available for and this is what I'm not available for and then holding really firm to it. I think a lot of us were taught that as women, we're supposed to be accommodating. We're supposed to um, say yes to people. And unfortunately, while that might have helped you to get your business up and running, saying yes to all the things and saying yes to all the opportunities, at some point, each time you say yes, you're actually saying no to something else. You could be saying no to a more strategic opportunity. You could be saying no to time you really need to take off. Whatever it is that you're saying no to, you have to be aware of what those trade-offs are. So I find that it doesn't matter how long I've been in business or how big my business is, I am always working on my boundaries. And they're not there to make me inaccessible. They're there to define how I want to be accessible in a way that works for me, that works for my business, that works for my team, and that ultimately helps me serve my clients without the trade-off of me being depleted and not being able to continue this work. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Absolutely. No, that's, that's so, so powerful. So I'm sure there's people listening today, Rachel, that are like, I need me some more of this in my life. I got to set some boundaries. I got to remember, you know, that I'm in control and would love to follow along with your podcast, you know, your social media, all of those things. Where's the best place for people to get in touch with you and learn more? The best place is my podcast, Promote Yourself to CEO. You can find it on any place that you listen to podcasts. And I also love Instagram. That's my uh, social media platform of choice. So if any of this has been resonating with you, take a quick screenshot of me and Kelly and tag me at rachel.cook. I would love to hear more about how you're going to take this concept and implement it into your business. Love it. Love it. Thank you so much, Rachel. It was a pleasure having you on the show today. 
And for all our listeners of the Unstoppable Entrepreneur Show, go take action. We'll see you back here next week. If you're loving the Unstoppable Entrepreneur Show and have gotten any value out of it for your business or your life, would you mind doing two things? Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. Our listener reviews help us get into the top 10 of all marketing podcasts and we'd love to keep climbing. Help us make a difference for more entrepreneurs to help them grow and scale their businesses online. And thank you so much for being a part of the community and for tuning into the show each week. Here's to our next 600 episodes together.